You may be seated. Well, I want to add my uh, thanks to uh, what Nick said. Good job as a church family reading through the chronological Bible this year. I hope that was a blessing to you. Uh, but make a plan. Here it is. We jump into the next year tomorrow. So what's your plan for next year? And also for all who volunteer, thank you so much. There actually is a volunteer event uh, tonight. Anybody who wants to be involved, uh, there is a gathering at Fellowship Mission, uh, something that we do there uh, once a month. It's going to happen tonight. Now, if you want to volunteer with that, you're going to need to get online and start the process because there's a bit of a process there. Well, I hope you had a great Christmas celebration. Mary and I did not. We woke up on Monday morning with the stomach flu. So, yeah, I know you're all thinking, did I shake Kip's hand on Christmas Eve? You know? Um, so we, we celebrated last night. So we, we held off and enjoyed celebrating Christmas last night. And one, you know, we brought back a few um, traditions from Germany uh, with us that we continue to do, and it just wouldn't be quite Christmas if we didn't do some of these things. So last night, um, we had uh, pyramid candles going, and we ate a special meal from Germany called raclette. But another thing we do is we like to light what uh, the Germans call Räuchermänner, which means, well, smoking man, all right? <laughs> I wasn't going to translate that, but hey, honesty is important. So I thought I'd show you how this works here. Um, <clears throat> this is a little figure that is a watchman, kind of like they would have in Rotenburg op der Tauber around the old city. And so this watchman is there with his lantern and his axe. And here's how it works, is you uh, take a piece of incense all right, incense is traditionally made out of tree resin or sap mixed with spices and dried, and so we light this. Just think of all the things that could go wrong. <laughs> Blow it out, put it here. And now you know why they call him the smoking man. <coughs> now, I'm not trying to promote smoking, right? It's not tobacco. What is it again? It's incense, all right? It's incense, and it's kind of fun to watch the smokes kind of waft upwards in a silky way and to kind of see you through, you know, the smoke there. So why on earth would Pastor Kip bring a smoking man to church? Can you believe that? Well, I actually kind of want to talk about incense. Not incense directly, but what incense represents or stands for in the Bible. Now, instead of being mesmerized by the smoke, try to pay attention to what I'm saying, okay? But, uh, <clears throat> so... Incense. It's, some of you might actually get the smell of it. It's a good smell. It's a sweet-smelling kind of smoky. I hope none of you are allergic. If people go running out of the room, I'll understand. 
So what, what does incense represent in the Bible? That's what we want to talk about. What does incense represent? First of all, incense is a picture of worship. It was a part of Hebrew worship. The Israelites' worship, part of their worship in the tabernacle was using incense. And <coughs> it was an offering. It was, it was part of their offering of worship to God. And so this goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 30. You don't have to turn there. Exodus chapter 30. And one of the pieces of furniture, uh, one of the articles that was in the tabernacle was the altar of incense. There's a picture of it right there. And it was three feet high. So here's three feet. So just a little taller than this stand. And it was one and a half feet wide or kind of square. So here is one and a half feet. So almost exactly the width of this stand. Okay? <clears throat> and this was the this is the altar of incense. And it stood in the holy place, which was the first room in the tabernacle. And it was placed right up against the curtain that led into the most holy place which was kind of the hot spot of God's presence among his people. And the priest would come in, and every day, twice a day, when they made the sacrifices, when they trimmed the lamps in the tabernacle, they would then um, take some hot coals from the big uh, altar for sacrifice out in the courtyard, put the coals into the, the incense altar and sprinkle incense on it, and then it would fill the room with smoke and um, uh, uh, smell, That's, uh, uh, what's the word I want? Fragrance, thank you very much. That was the word I was looking for right there, fragrance. And that's kind of all we know really from the Old Testament as far as uh, the tabernacle, that that would happen regularly. It was a part of their worship. Now we do see um, incense as an uh, offering of worship even in the Christmas story. Where do we see it? Ah, very good, the wise men. So the, the wise men come to baby Jesus and they offer him gifts. Let's read it right here um, from Matthew 2. On coming to the house, these are, these are the wise men, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, it's hard to miss that frankincense is incense, right? It's in the word. Um, frankincense was a very costly, pure, valuable kind of incense that was taken from a, a rather rare tree. And so this tree uh, uh, produced uh, frankincense. And so it was a costly gift used as an act of worship in the case of Jesus. Now, incense is used to this day. Uh, for worship in many of the world religions and in certain branches of Christianity. Incense is still used as a part of the worship. What else does the Bible say about incense? Incense is a picture of worship, of offering, but particularly incense is a picture of prayer. And we see this in other world religions. I've told you this story before. Uh, I was with a Short-term team, we were in Cambodia at Angkor Wat, which is this ancient temple and palace complex 
deep in the jungle, and we were kind of exploring the, the ruins of these temples, and I rounded a corner, and there was a Buddhist monk all dressed in saffron robes, and he put into my hand, as I, I kind of, around the corner, right there, he put into my hand a stick of incense, and I just did what everybody else did. I put it in this sandbox in front of this idol. And I mean, I was alarmed, to say the least. I went around the corner, and I stopped. I said, God, Father, I, I, I do not want to pray to any other gods. I believe that you are the one true God. I only want to pray to you. Please forgive me for doing that. I mean, because why? Because I understood what that symbol meant. It meant praying to the idol. And I don't want to pray to an idol. I want to pray to the one true living God. Right? So uh, incense uh, is related to prayer. Are you doing okay in the front row? All right, just want to make sure. Okay. <clears throat> it's making me a little nervous. So, <clears throat> so incense is a picture of prayer and of continual prayer. And so it just even as, see, this, the smoke kind of wafts upwards. It's this kind of natural symbol of, of the sacrifices and the prayers going up to God. And it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice that pleases God. It's really a reminder that prayer needs to play a central role in the life of worship of God's people, that prayer is important because uh, the incense in the temple would fill the, the tabernacle or the temple and even go outside of it. And when people would smell the incense, they would be reminded of that importance to pray, to pray to God. And even though there was a curtain that separated them from the presence of God, uh, they were called to pray. Their prayers would still go to God. Even though they couldn't go right into his presence, the prayers would go to God. Now, we're not just guessing at this connection between incense and prayer. Uh, look at this uh, from King David in Psalm 141. Uh, King David writes this, I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me. Hear me when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands in prayer be like the evening sacrifice. So David understood that when he prayed to God, when he talked to God, that was like offering incense. It was like offering a sacrifice of worship to God, and it pleased God. Our prayers to God are like the sweet smell of incense to him. Again, in the birth narrative, we get a connection between incense and prayer. Uh, look at this. This is about Zechariah, right? Um, at the beginning of Luke, he is the father of John the Baptist. And we get this story right at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke. <clears throat> Vicki, there aren't um, sprinklers in this room, are there? Okay, good. <clears throat> you know, sometimes you think about things too late, right? <laughs> You're like, is this a good idea? All right. So, <clears throat> um, 
So this is the story. So Zechariah is a Levite. He's a priest, and so he gets called into duty as a priest. And what is he doing? Look what he's doing. And when the time for the burning of incense came, so, so Zechariah's in there, and he's the one that's uh, burning the incense in the temple. And what are, what's everybody else doing? All the assembled worshipers were praying. That's the connection. Incense and prayer. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. All right, so incense is a picture of prayer, a sweet-smelling sacrifice to God. Now, we no longer burn incense in our worship service except for today. But we do need to offer up our prayers to Jesus continually. We have that privilege. It's, remember, it's our, it's our highest privilege. It's our first resort is to come to him. And, and that's what we do as the body of Christ, the church, is that we offer up prayers. I, I bet between everybody in this church, someone in this church is praying at any given time. There are always prayers going up to God uh, from this church family. All kinds of prayers, prayers of praise, prayers of confession, prayers of petition, prayers of intercession for others, prayers for guidance, prayers asking God for help. There's just continual praying, just like the incense continually wafts up uh, to the ceiling. God loves it when we pray. It's a sweet-smelling sacrifice to him, and he invites us to come And when we come, what we're doing is we're acknowledging, God, we need you. You are God. We aren't. We are dependent upon you. Help. And that is is an act of worship, to acknowledge that he is God and that we are not. Well, again, we don't burn incense, but we are called to pray, and how? So how are you going to pray this year? uh, Said, Make a plan for Bible reading. Kind of nothing happens unless you plan for it. What's your plan for prayer this year? And there are lots of ways to prayer. Look what Paul writes in Ephesians. He says this, and pray, that's a command, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So there's all kinds of ways to pray. Let me give you some, some ideas, and there are some ideas on the back of the kids' um, notes. Are you doing okay? Is everybody doing okay? Okay, all right. <clears throat> we'll see, I still have a job after this Sunday. <laughs> okay. Hey, out uh, on the Welcome Center is a little booklet. Uh, you might have seen it or not as you walk by, but this is our challenge for all of us as a church family this year. And in this booklet, it's, a, it's for the whole year, for each month, there is a paragraph or two out of the book of Romans to read and to meditate on, or even to memorize if you want to do it. But then there's a verse or two that's bolded out of this context, and it's a challenge for all of us to memorize Scripture together. But as you memorize Scripture, God's Word, you can also pray it. Pray it back to God in thanksgiving, in acknowledgement, and in love. So here's our verse for the month of January that I think all of us can memorize. And we're going to repeat these verses every Sunday. 
throughout this year as we are memorizing God's word together. It's Romans 1, 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. And so to pray thanks back to God for the gospel message and for the salvation that comes and for the power of the gospel to save. That's one way to do it. So I encourage you on your way out to pick up uh, one of these little booklets and we'll probably run out and we'll make more. And uh, it's also gonna be online. And so as we, as we meditate on the book of Romans and memorize portions of it together, uh, that's one way that we can pray. Uh, use the Psalms. Some of you maybe are gonna go back to the kind of the normal one year uh, Bible, not the chronological Bible. And that often has a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, a Psalm and a proverb in it. So <clears throat> how, how about uh, praying back the Psalms to God? Let's try it. We're going to do it together. A uh, little bit of a responsive reading out of Psalm 118. Remember, Psalms are sung prayers. Now, we're not going to sing it. We're going to say it. <clears throat> I'm not a song leader. But uh, let's, 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 as we say this together, we are going to be praying together. We're going to be sending up prayers to God. So you'll read what is in gold. I will read what is in white. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, when hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord is right hand because of the mighty hands. The Lord is right hand because of the mighty hands. The Lord is right hand because of the mighty hands. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Lord, Lord, save us. Lord, Lord grant us success. You are my God. You are my God. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Amen. All right. You can do that on your own even as you read through the Psalms to remember that it's a prayer and to pray it. That's a good way to pray. One thing that's helped me along the years with prayer is actually prayer, a prayer book. And um, <clears throat> I love this Valley of Vision. It's a, it's a booklet of Puritan prayers. And when I read them from my heart, then it is a genuine prayer from me to God. And so, uh, a prayer, there are all kinds of good prayer books. There's one way to think about it. It's a prayer book, practicing the presence of God. Lord Jesus, I need you at any moment, in any place to, think, to, to express that to him. Lord Jesus, I need you whether you're on your way to work or dropping the kids off at school or uh, you're, you're just feeling discouraged and down or you feel overwhelmed by the uh, 
challenges of life to just cry out and know that he's present. Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, Son of God, I need you to be able to lift up that prayer any moment in any place. Here are some simple ones. Join a group that prays. There are lots of groups in our church that pray. And um, to, help, to help us pray, join a group that prays. We've got Global on Thursday night, so we have Wednesday night prayer group. There are, there are prayer circles with Women of Grace and life groups pray together, lots of groups that pray. Join a group that prays. And, and that's one way to continue to lift up the sweet-smelling sacrifice of prayer to God. One way that's really helped me to learn to pray is to put myself in a position where I need prayer. In other words, I'm like, you can live safe, but I think people who choose to live safe generally don't develop a strong prayer life. It's when you step out in risk and trust God. Hey, lots of volunteer opportunities in the community and here. They say, I'm gonna move out of my comfort zone, but as soon as I do that, I put myself in a place where I need to pray, I need to pray. <clears throat> How are you gonna pray this year? That's a good question to answer even today. How am I gonna, how am I gonna choose to pray this year? There are different moments that are good for prayer. My wife and I will drive out, Lord willing, to Maryland tomorrow and we'll be on the road for eight hours. And uh, there'll be a time to just do conversational prayer. Just, just convert, it's like talking to each other, only you're, you're, you're focusing your thoughts on God. How are you going to prayer? Because prayer is a sweet smelling uh, sacrifice to God. It's a, it's a sacrifice of worship. Well, does it matter? Does it matter? Does it pay off? Are our prayers heard? Does it make a difference? Sometimes we wonder that because we don't always see the answers we're hoping for or see answers at all to prayer. Here, here's the final thing about incense. Incense uh, pictures worship. Incense uh, pictures prayer. And finally, incense is a picture that our prayers are heard and do make a difference. Our prayers are part of what God is doing in the world and will do in the world. And of course, we cry out and call out for justice and we're discouraged because of the evil we see and the, the brokenness and the bentness and we even see it here and we stay starts in our own hearts. God, when will you make me whole and complete? And in our world, we see injustice and we long for Christ's return and we pray and do, do those prayers make a difference? Well, that brings us to the book of Revelation, the scenes that in kind of inspired this smoky mess this morning. <clears throat> so, uh, in Revelation, we get these, this, these back and forth scenes, a scene of, wor of worship in heaven where you see the lamb uh, who was slain uh, being worshiped and adored by creatures and elders and massive throng of angels, numberless, and the redeemed worshiping with, with shouts like thunder and waves crashing, this glorious worship of Jesus Christ. But then you get the scenes on earth where judgment is coming finally on the wickedness of this world and, and everything is being moved forward towards Christ the King's intended end where he will be head over everything. And so we see uh, this worship in chapter 5 of Revelation. We read this. And when he had taken it, that is the Lamb, Jesus Christ, had taken the scroll this scroll that appears, 
that has the judgments that will lead to the end of the world and the culmination of all things, no one could open it until Jesus shows up. Jesus is worthy to open it. And when he had taken it, this scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, and here it is, which are the prayers of God's people. There's an absolute connection between incense and prayer. And so uh, we see this picture in heaven, in the heavenly temple, in the heavenly um, incense altar, and we see that God has collected the prayers of his people. They have not been forgotten. They have been heard. And look what happens uh, here later in Revelation chapter 8. We get this picture. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer, with the prayers of all God's people. There it is again, the connection between incense and prayer. To offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne, the smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of God's people, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth, and there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Are your prayers powerful and effective? Whoa! God's gathering all those prayers, and in his time, he is going to bring all things to an end where he will be glorified forever and ever, and that will be a day that we are looking forward to. God hears the prayers of his people. They mix with his will to accomplish his purposes. If you want to be a part of God's eternal plan, develop a habit of praying. Okay, quickly. <clears throat> Again, that leads to the idea of how, what's your plan for prayer this year. Why don't, why don't we use incense in our worship services. And some of you who are coughing are saying, I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll give you one good reason why. All right, so why don't we use incense in our services? Well, here's a couple reasons why. First of all, there is no temple. There's no temple. We are the temple, all right? And we have the incredible privilege because also remember the temple curtain was torn in two of, of going straight into the presence of God to the throne of grace in our time of need and talking to the creator of the universe directly. We don't don't need incense. We can go directly to God in prayer. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Look at this, though. Look at this. This is from Romans Romans 8. By the way, in the middle of summer this year, in in that, that Romans booklet, I have you reading the entire chapter 8. And here's the big challenge for the year. Memorize all of Romans chapter 8, okay? That's a big challenge because it's pivotal. All right, this is what we read in Romans 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? Who's going to condemn us? No one. Hey, yes, that's good. Is Christ Jesus going to condemn us? I mean, he could. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, He's at the right hand of the God. And what is he doing? Is he condemning us? No. He's interceding for us. He's interceding for us. He's also interceding. Also interceding. Amazing. We, we don't need an altar of incense. We've got something better. 
we have Jesus Christ himself interceding for us before God. Well, if it says Jesus also is interceding, then who's the, who else is interceding for us? I don't think I have it on the screen, but let me read a few verses earlier in Romans 8. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us. Praise the Lord. But God wants us also to pray. He is pleased with our prayers. It's a sweet-smelling sacrifice of worship to him. And it communicates to him, we believe in you, we need you, we want you. Will we make a plan for how we're going to pray in 2024? Well, let's not wait. Let's not wait. There's a question on your bulletin. Let's take a, let's take a minute right now to think and to pray in our own hearts individually, how do you want to see God work in your life and through you this year? How do you want to do that? Just take a listen and think and pray. We're going to take a quiet moment to, to reflect as we go into 2024. How do you want God to work in and through you? Think about that and, and pray about that right now. invite you to stand. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together out loud, and then we're going to sing it together. Let's begin our new year with prayer. Let's pray together. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's continue praying as we sing.